This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is episode 331. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. Up on this Saturday episode of the podcast Under the Stairs, I'm bringing you the second movie in the Arrow Video Gamera box set. After the first break, I'll be joined with Derek Bourgeois as we sit down and discuss Gamera versus Baragon. Very much looking forward to the first coloured entry in the Gamera series. Granted, it's the second movie, but there's a lot to talk about. This is going to be a goofy fucking series. I can tell this is going to be a goofy fucking series because at movie number two, I'm saying to myself, these movies are pretty fucking goofy. So you'll find out what I make of it. More importantly, you'll find out what our resident expert Derek makes of it after the first break. Before we get to that, where are we this week? We are one episode away from the end of the last full week of podcasting of 2021 still uh, loads to go before we close the doors um the final episode of this week will drop tomorrow it is disc number 50 in the 18 films slasher classic collection dubbed potentially the final movie in this series regardless if they release something after it will be putting a pin in the slasher classic series for the foreseeable future until further information is received but this week has been kind of awesome we've done loads this week we've done already a russian roulette franchise retro on children of the corn we've done a little bit of dexter action for you out there that new season of dexter is absolutely fucking my tits and i love every single second of it and of course your listener choice double bill as well and a little bit of that lindsay baker box set because i just like giving you content this month. That's what I'm doing. Hopefully you're enjoying it. And there's plenty more before we close the doors. Next week, we will be hitting you with a barrage, a deluge of awesome content, which will be hammering its way into your feeds all the way up until Christmas Eve on Friday. You can expect from the podcast under the stairs another Dexter episode on the Monday. On the Tuesday, the final instalment of our Children of the Corn Russian Roulette franchise retro. On the Wednesday, a listener choice dream true crime double bill, which will feature on that uh, Tales of the Grim Sleeper and Dear Zachary. Then, on Thursday, you'll get our Movie Club listener reviews for our final movie that we're doing in the Mario Barba season. That is... Um, rabid dogs so you get the listener reviews for that and then <laughs> on the friday you get the listener choice christmas eve commentary which at the moment looks like it's featuring myself and liam rafferty and the baz to do a little bit of dead alive aka brain dead 
so that is all what is coming your way and it's all looking amazing and then we close the doors even though on the Mondays in between I'll be doing more Dexter action but that's between you and me so that is what is lined up hopefully you're ready for it next week you'll be getting some more doing the nasty and you should be getting that chronicle episode although due to my bad booking that um that hasn't been organized yet but that's not that's loads of time we have all the time in the world we do have all the time in the world Right, let's do this, shall we? We'll take a short break just now. Ladies and gents, you're going to hear promos for shows that I love. You're going to hear the trailer for Gamera vs. Barogon. When I return, myself and Derek discussing that movie right after this. Want to learn more about horror directors? With a lighthearted look at three of their movies? Meet fearless podcaster Gore Blimey. I've been unsettled by bats in the past and startled by parrots, and I've even been known to jump at the odd cockatoo. Discover horror films that are classics and others too there's a topless aerobics massacre an exploding rock singer cannibals nude martial arts a deep fried prostitute. but it's not all silliness you'll get proper movie breakdowns opinion and background information too yep in the 80s and 90s jeff striker was huge in gay porn in every sense so if you're a horror film fan come and check out the trilogy of terror podcast at strangeanddeadly.com or find it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or on your podcatcher. One of those people that has a certain charisma and a certain style, and I'm just hoping one day he'll rub off on me. The Trilogy of Terror Podcast, where we try three times harder to give you the willies. Welcome back, ladies and gents. So here we are on the precipice of another box set review. This is our continued look at Arrow Video's Gamera, the complete collection. We are rolling into the second movie in the collection, Gamera vs. Baragon. This is from 1966. Joining me for this entire series, because he picked it, is my buddy Derek Bourgeois. How you doing, Derek? I'm just going to do that every show now. <laughs> there was two this time. <laughs> there, was, there was two. Um, let's, give the, let's give the folks out there a little bit of deets before we, we start talking about the, the, the many avenues we can go down in this movie. Um, so, like I said before, this one, 1966. The cast has Koji Hongo, Koko uh, Ima, uh, Yozo Hayakawa, 
Yes, that sounds good. Someone just called Karen, um, which I'm assuming is before the use of the the term to be a Karen, <laughs> hopefully. Um, <laughs> Kawajiri and Kitsui Herata. Um, in terms of the crew here, uh, Shigo Tanaka is the director and Nissan Takahashi is the writer. Synopsis for this one is listed on the Arrow Player because we're taking uh, all the synopsises. Synopsises? That's the plural, yeah. Uh, from there, it says, Six months after Gamera's first appearance, a giant opal from New Guinea is brought back to Japan, and a new monster, Baragon, is born. The creature attacks the city of Osaka by emitting a rainbow ray from its back, along with a freezing spray from its mouth, and only a fire-breathing turtle can save the day. So, Derek, as our listeners will fully be aware, on our la- previously on the podcast Under the Stairs, uh, we covered the first entry, which was Gamera the Giant Monster, where we were introduced to uh, Gamera, who is a giant tortoise. And um, he's a giant tortoise that breathes fire and has the ability to uh, suck in his appendages and emit flames, which then cause him to fly like a flying saucer or a frisbee, one of the two. Um, and where we last saw him, he entered a large penis shaped rocket and was blasted off into space because uh, this was the only way Earth could rid themselves of this giant menace. Lo and behold, or little did they know that a mere six months later, uh, they would require the services of one Gamera to save the day from a new entity, Baragon. Um, this is a first time watch for me. Uh, you were recording this for one of your other podcasts, but had you seen this before that particular viewing? Is this one that you're fairly familiar with? Yeah, this is one that's very well known in the circles of kaiju movies because, uh, for a few things, uh, it's the first Gamera movie in color, which mm-hmm. it's known for and it uses its colors amazingly in this movie oh yeah this but, this uh, looks fucking lush uh which makes me almost feel a little bit cheated that, that first one didn't have color but then i was like no they saved it they saved it yeah and also it's the only gamer movie without children actors in it which kind of when you see a lot of the other movies in this series, like especially the later one ones down the line of near the end of uh, the Showa era of Gamera movies, mm-hmm. where they get a little bit sillier and the kids get a little bit more annoyinger in each one. You'll see what I mean when we get there. <laughs> but, I'm uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, the, the, the one that stands out, this is kind of interesting, the fact that you know, it starts out like an Indiana Jones movie in the beginning of the movie, you know, mm-hmm. and it goes into like, you know, even the opal, the opal itself looks like one of the typical doom opals. It really does actually. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's fucking awesome in that sense. Maybe Spielberg, hmm, mm-hmm. Spielberg, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, the, the thing that I like about this one that's interesting is actually the human story. Uh, it's not much the kaiju action. This one actually has a kind of engrossing human story because you have the main character, you know, who's part of like the heist to begin with, but then he gets fucked over by the greatest asshole bad guy ever. Oh, this dude will fight with anyone? 
Like literally, Wolf. Like his whole role in this movie is to argue and throw down fist fights with anyone that that is close to him. He's just an angry, angry man. Yes, and you know he like he'll even take out motherfuckers with scorpions and fucking <laughs> grenades. You know he takes out some, some military people later, which I'm like, whoa, this guy's he's set on a mission. And mm-hmm. That mission is to get rich. You know he even kills a poor cripple dude later that would be mm-hmm. fucking crazy but uh the interesting thing about uh this is you know in these earlier showa era movies gamera was you know like a he could stand on his two legs but he's also a quadruped you know he could mm-hmm. actually walk on all fours and it was interesting that they actually chose like a four-legged monster for him to fight it's kind of uh, kind of the similarities with the f- for second sequel, the, the, the first sequel, the Godzilla, Godzilla Raids again, where he actually fought a movie, a monster named Angaris, who's, you know, he's on fours, and, you know, we'll talk about Baragon's design, but he looks like <laughs> if a rhinoceros fucked an alligator. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty you much. Know, <laughs> you know, you know the, the monster suits aren't the greatest in these movies, I know that. But I, I kind of like all the miniature work in this movie. Uh, if you didn't know, uh, the director of the first Gamera movie is actually the director of the special effects mm-hmm. for this one, which, you know, he went on to actually do both roles in the later sequels, which is fucking nuts if you think about it in yeah. that sense. Yeah, yeah. You know, but overall, you know, just the journey there with this one is, you know, it actually has more engrossing characters than the first movie, too. I would agree Which, with that 100%. Like, this is the first movie where I actually felt, well, granted it's the second movie, that these were real characters, like fully-fledged, three-dimensional characters, because the previous movie, it just felt like a lot of kind of two-dimensional stereotypes. Yeah. Like, here is the scientist man, here is the military man, without actually getting any of any of a feel for the, the kind of the background of these characters or their motivation. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I like that, you know, it's like, you know, you still have like those stereotypical characters in it, but mm-hmm. they're not the main focus. The focus is like this dude who's trying to redeem himself. He feels bad for what he did and, and he finds out that this, what this opal really is and trying to get it to stop this creature with uh, this native lady named Karen, which is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, but, a, it's a very, very well-known, recognized native name. It is. You know, you get all the other shit with the bad guy, too. And, you know, that's engrossing, too. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot going on with the sto- human story in this one. It's actually very interesting in that aspect. And, you know, my major gripe with this film, you know, in the sense of there's not a lot of gamma in this movie. It's pretty much a, a Barugan movie. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. You know, it's gamma is in the movie, but then, you know, he ends up losing the first battle with Barugan and gets freeze to death. You know, well, supposedly freeze <laughs> to death, you know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he gets and, he gets frozen for a while. And in the final fight's very like, you know, it's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> this mm-hmm. happened. You know, I, everything else besides that, you know, I I was more interested in like the human with the human stro- you know, even like they're actually thinking of ways to stop Baragon, and they don't succeed the first times, you know. 
you know, it shows them failing and shit like that. And I kind of like that about that. It's not like, oh, let's just make put them in a penis rocket again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a, a distinct lack of penis rocket in this movie. Uh, it, it felt like a felt like a missed trick. Also, I like the the. the audacity of anyone to be like well how do we solve this problem with this giant monster penis rocket like, <laughs> like it worked in the last one can't we do it again no his shape is all different uh, like i'm kind of with you like I, I will say i i preferred this one over gamma the giant monster but i can't see it was like a massive step up for me but there were elements in here that i found like really really interesting i think the first thing that stood out to me was i think they make great use of the color here and um, they really go for its its vibrancy and and almost every shot it feels like how can we inject as much color in here without it being overbearing or too you know like too ostentatious and i think they they land that really well i quite like the creature design of baragon i think he's you know, we're we're kind of setting up the kind of mythology of how these creatures are supposed to kind of look. Yeah. And, you know, it feels like if one sort of weird, like, uh, prehistoric mutation created one, it would obviously create this kind of similar. I actually like its power as well. So I, I do quite, even though it's very fucking cheesy, I like the idea of the rainbow because it's visually quite stunning and there's nothing kind of better than seeing, like, a rainbow take out a whole series of nooks as if it was nothing that made me smile um, and i also like the idea of well if gamera harnesses the, the power of fire then baragon uh, would harness the power of ice and that you know or frost or whatever and that being like on some level his weakness what didn't quite work out for me here um and i may it might just be bad editing or bad storytelling here is ultimately he's destroyed by water but he's yeah, in he's water the earlier in the, the West. Yeah, but he's yeah. He, he's in water earlier on in the movie and he's fucking fine. So like that kind of like kind of like the like I said before about the last movie, it kind of felt like in the last movie they were like, how do we finish this movie? Penis rocket. Um, and this movie it kind of felt like they were like, well, what could be his weakness? Uh, 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 water. And no one was like, well, didn't he go swimming earlier? No. Um, it kind of felt that way. And you're right. The the deliberately make a conscious choice to shelf Gamera earlier in the movie and spend a lot more time with the destruction of this new creature. And I get that. This is the, like, look at this new big bad thing and we need to show how powerful he is and all the rest. But I think we could have had, maybe not necessarily more battles between the two of them, but we could have had more of kind of Gamera's journey back to the fight as opposed to literally seven minutes from the end he defrosts and goes and kicks ass. So... I kind of yeah. felt from from that point of view, it was it felt a bit that side felt a bit kind of rushed again, and it's weird because the, <coughs> the rest of the movie really takes its time to deliver its story, and that's where the movie is its best. I love the idea of these kind of the, these kind of tomb raiders and the, the the story that spins off. Um, I love their interactions. I loved I loved like huge parts of the dialogue here. It's, it's just interesting that they seem to get the stuff that they didn't get in the first movie right for me. Like, all the character stuff didn't really work in the first movie, but all the creature shit was awesome. And this movie, all the human stuff is really, really, really well done, and I really enjoyed that. 
yet like I feel like we've missed too many opportunities in this movie to get the you know the battles down and they're great when they do happen it just it's it's like it's like we get maybe two, three tops, and that's that is it. That's your lot. And this movie is noticeably longer than the previous one. So the previous movie was what was like an hour and twenty, and this one's an hour and forty. So you know you, you get a lot of Baragon doing what Baragon wants to do, but you don't like. I want more of the two of them kind of facing off. Um, but the production yeah. design, the miniatures that you were talking about, I thought were once again, I thought they were better here. Um, and the previous one, the effects, really cool. Sim design is fucking great. They're like the two distinct kind of creature sims, I really enjoyed. Even though they're very, very similar, they're, they're different uh, tones. They're different. Um, I think one might almost be an octave higher, and I, yeah. I love that. Um, I also love like 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 <laughs> like the start of this movie is like, oh, he was on a penis rocket which got struck with a meteor. And now Gamera's back, and the first thing he's done is like that. Revenge. I'm gonna fucking take it this damn motherfuckers. They send yeah, me to space. Like, like, so like his first move is not I must come back and save the planet because Baragon's not there. He just literally takes on where he left off. He's like right at that he's right at that damn going, oh really? And I also love that like the humans, like the the, the, the Japanese people, uh do so very little to stop him and then he starts hitting that he's fucking fucking himself off the dam. And then you look at the main guy, he's like, we've done all we can do here. You've literally done nothing, small Asian man. <laughs> like, you, you've, you've done, all you've done is give up. Um, so, like, all that stuff, I, I found it really fun. I found it really playful. I found it really quirky. Uh, yeah, our, our, our dickhead, violent character. It's, it's just funny to see him just get really, like, his, his like, level seems to be, Placid, full-on rage, um, and look at a Japanese Richard Lynch. He's like he is a hundred percent the Japanese Richard Lynch, mm-hmm. and it, like I, I love that. Like I say, I love those aspects. I'm just with you. We've got to, this movie is called Gamera versus Baragon, and I, I'm seeing these big creatures on screen. What I want to see is more of them going at it, and I want a little bit more of Gamera. Gamera kind of feels like. We have a new shiny toy that we want to spend more time with on the screen, and as a result, that's kind of shelved a little bit. Yeah, um, there's so. actually actually a little foreshadowing for a later movie. There's actually I'm not going to say what movie it is right away because hmm. I want to spoil. I'm going to save a few. There's actually another movie where Gamera kind of is out of the picture for most of it. All right, but the, the it's earned a little bit more when he's comes back in cool. that sense cool, cool. and you know and in the in the, the the final fight's more epic than the final fight in this yeah. movie I did, I did smell when you said he's a bit more out and i thought like i don't know like like hellraiser six or something where he only appears at the end <laughs> <laughs> you're right it's like you opened the shell i came um you know what i mean like which is, which that's what is... he looks like when he's breathing fire <laughs> like i came did we we forgot to mention fucking baragon's fucking penis tongue i, I mean elmer it's elmer elmer <laughs> <laughs> There's like, I I think the thing that I love about kaiju design overall is sometimes it's like really really gnarly, and other times it's unbelievably goofy. 
and I think there's a it's what makes them entertaining. Even if you don't like the movies, it's difficult. Even if I, if I had not liked this movie, it's still entertaining as balls. And the reason it's entertaining is just because of all those weird. I say it's not even weird. Just eccentric Japanese things that are put into the movies whether it's creature design or like I say the ability one of this creature's superpowers is rainbows <laughs> like what like oh, it's whoa. so it's so bizarre but yeah like when I'm watching it I'm like well yeah I'm, I'm, I'm complaining about this when there's a giant fucking turtle spinning around with flames coming at it, like a like a like a flame thrower frisbee, I, you know, like you just kind of have to settle into it and just uh, just accept it. Um, yeah. No, like I, I'm, I'm curious because I I like this one a little bit more than I like the first one, and I know you've said like this series is still a peak, which which does give me a bit of excitement because I think there is a marriage between the human element to this movie and the kaiju element that I think if they get right, I could be handing out fours, which would make me really, really happy. So, um, anything else you want to say about Gamera versus Burgon? Well, a weird name as well. Where did they get the name? Well, actually, this is kind of weird because in the kaiju circles, a lot of the... Mo There's actually a monster in the Godzilla series called Baragon. Oh, right. Did that come before this or after this? Do you know? I, I'm not sure because Baragon's film that he appeared in was called Frankenstein Conquers the World, where Baragon actually fights a giant version of the Frankenstein monster. Hmm. Yeah. Which uh, he would later appear in a Godzilla film and a few Godzilla films. Uh, but uh, I'm not sure. Let me look that up real quick. Yeah, because uh, it sounds know. like the it sounds like an intro. Because I'm always curious about where they, you know, where they just come up with these names. <laughs> it sounds like there's a distinct to me. There's a distinct like this is what we're because right, well, so Frankenstein conquers oh, the world. The sixty-five. Yeah, Frankenstein, or as is known, Frankenstein versus Baragon. Yeah, and there you yeah. go. And that's well, the thing is, I, though, I, this I, movie was in production like late 65 so yeah i'm not too sure maybe the you know they probably have people working for both studios like hey the name of this creature baragon yeah you know but the thing that i will give this movie ups on with like some of the godzilla movies of this time period this is probably one of the first kaiju movies with gore in it because you see mm -hmm. baragon actually bleed in the yeah. movie you know and the gamma movies kind of up that ante more than the Godzilla films of showing actual monster damage, mm -hmm. you know, in that sense where, you know, you didn't get to see Godzilla bleed until, uh, I think it was Godzilla versus Gigan mm -hmm. was the first movie where, which was 72. Uh, yeah. So right after like a uh, EG Subaraya died, who was the special effects guy for the Godzilla films, he wasn't keen on gore, mm -hmm. which, it's very interesting that aspect because you know when we get to the next movie, there's blood galore in that one. <laughs> You're selling it to me. You're selling it to me. Um, right, let's talk grades. We both gave the previous one three. Um, what are you going to give Gamera versus Barugon? I give it a three point five out of five. You see, I think it's actually one of the better made movies in the Showa era, which. Mm -hmm. Which I, sh I should explain to you what that means. Uh, during like this period 
of kaiju films during like the early 60s starting with the 50s to like uh the late late 70s it was called the showa era everything mid 80s to 90s is known as the heisei era mm-hmm. and everything in the 2000s is the millennium era of kaiju films which uh showa and heisei they were named after the emperors that were involved during those time periods in japan mm-hmm. so yeah when i say that i just wanted the listeners to know make sure that yeah yeah reference and but yeah it's one of the better made of the showa series of these films not my favorite in the showa series though i i will save that for a minute mm. but uh yeah i do i still think it's a well-made movie for what it is you know it's actually got some great colors and aesthetical choices and just the you know the the human story uh, uh actually the main actor uh kiji girai would go on to be in more gamer movies after this he's kind of a staple of the gamer series nice um right great for me i did prefer it um I don't do point two fives. If I did point two fives, this would probably get a three point two five. I'm gonna stick with the three. Um, this one could go up though. I would definitely return to this one. I'd definitely watch this one again. Whereas the first movie, I feel like I got everything I needed from that. Probably never need to go back and watch that one again. There was enough in here. There was enough story. I think that's the thing. This movie has story. It's not just that a giant creature's coming to wipe us out. There's a, there's there's purchase with the human characters, which I think you need. And a good kaiju movie, I think you need to have like that going on as well. Um, I mean, there's examples of that not working um, or being quite silly, but I think they get the balance really well here. So I'm going to go three, um, but I would not be surprised if a year from now, having watched this again, if you ask me, it comes in at a 3.5. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, we have another movie, which will be on. So we're probably not going to do another one of these this year. So our next one is going to happen next year. But the next one in the series uh-huh, came only one year later, and it's Gamera versus... Is it... <laughs> I, I'll do it. Because I, I, I want to say Gaos, and that's not the name. It's Gauss. <laughs> Gauss, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Too many things in my head when I said Gaos. Uh, yeah, so Gauss. Uh, Gamera versus Gauss. So this is from 1967. Uh, the synopsis for this one uh, will be unusual volcanic activity in Japan wakes Gauss, a bloodthirsty flying monster with the power to slice things in half with the ultrasonic ray. What? Uh, when scientists and the military scramble to devise a way to stop this new threat, a young boy, I see bringing back the young boy, a young boy forms an alliance with Gamera. A monster no one else seems to trust. I am down to clown on this one. You said it's a bit bloodier. It has... Well, I mean, I, the creature I, I design gonna... looks also very familiar, by the way. I was going to say, uh, spoiler alert, this is my favourite in the Showa era of ah. And you'll, you'll see why. I am, I am very much looking forward. To, I'm very much looking forward to this. Like I say, it'll be early in the new year. Uh, for sure, because uh, like I close doors very very soon. This episode's coming out on Saturday, and then the week after that will be Christmas, and we will be closing the doors out with episodes covering Dexter, New Blood. We will be closing the doors for a few weeks. 
Uh, Derek, I can't thank you enough for joining me to do this review. Um, let the folks out there know what is happening with your podcast, where they can be checking them out. Sure, of course, you can check out my main show, Cinema Attack, which uh, is on anchor.fm, where on most podcatchers out there. If there isn't one out there, let us know. You could also follow us on the Facebook group, Cinema Attack, where you could find out information or when shows drop. I usually post them in most of the other groups too including teapots of course mm-hmm. and also you can find me on their here podcast which i do on the cut to the chase network with miss lacy lou uh been kind of you know because lacy's been busy with a lot of christmas show prep so we'll probably return the new year as well with that you know we got some ideas so we'll be back with that also you can find me on no more room in hell which is on the dark discussion network which i do with a Mike Merriman, the infamous Mike Merriman, mm-hmm. and also Jerry Cortez, Mr. Venom. Also on Dark Discussions, I do Creature Comforts, which is a podcast that me and Mr. Venom and Don and Ellie check out creature features. Uh, we have an episode planned for Christmas known as Santa Jaws. Oh, boy. <laughs> going to be first time watch for that one for me, so who knows. But uh, also, you can find me, Mr. Venom, and Donna and Ellie on Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, which we do with Jerry Herring on the Kill the Cast Network on Legion Podcast. And speaking of Legion Podcast, you can also check me out on the Legion Patreon with the return of Blood from the Core. Me and Mr. Gary Hill re- uh, just recorded an epic episode of that, and should be coming soon, uh, with special guest Jeffrey X. Martin, where we actually did not one, but two movies. Mm-hmm. We did... Uh, too scared to scream with Ian McShane, mm-hmm. and we ended it with a combat shot. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's quite a double feature. I've not seen that movie we'll be... in years. Yeah, yeah, we, we can't wait to hear the conversation, especially X. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know who he is. But uh, we also have another planned episode that should be recorded by the time of this, actually three hours from now, where we're going to be taking a little look at. Frank Henlotter's basket case. Nice. With a with a very special guest on that episode. So if you're not subscribed to Legion Patreon, it's two dollars a month. Check it out. So yeah, it's good stuff. Nice, nice. Well, ladies and gents, go and support my homeboy here and the stuff that he is putting out. I'm gonna take my final break of this episode. Whenever I turn on closing out the show, and I'm doing it right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs, ladies and gents. This has been episode 331, the second installment of our annual video Gamera box set series. Myself and Derek were chatting about Gamera versus Barogon. Hopefully you're checking them out. If you're in the UK, they're all on Amazon Prime. So, yeah, you can go and check them out, watch the movies, listen along to our reviews and take part in the dialogue on the Facebook group page. 
There's a multitude of ways to check out podcasts under this day. So if you're listening to this right now, hit subscribe. That way you get the shows as and when they drop and access to the entire back catalogue of Teapot's content. Do not stop there, ladies and gents. We have a sister feed called the Teapot's Collective, which contains shows like Where to Begin With, Opera Omnia, Doing the Nasty, and a little bit of Chronicle as well. Yeah, it's all getting sexy over there. There is an archive of all those shows available to you when you subscribe to that feed, the Tea Putts Collective. So subscribing to both the feeds really is the best way to support what I do under the stairs. If you cannot be bothered using podcasting devices, and let's be honest, no one can, you can always find all my shows over at my website, teaputtscast.com. Links to all the shows are there, as well as a link to Jaws' shite, and other regrettable outbursts, a booze-based banter entertainment podcast featuring myself, The Baz, and Scott and Liam from Scott and Liam vs. Evil, where, ladies and gents, we get very drunk because they're Scottish and sometimes stereotypes are true. We read out weird news stories from around the globe. We talk about terrible life decisions, so many of those. How we're all married and Liam's about to get married confuses me. Uh, it just goes to show that women really are more tolerant than men. <laughs> easily the the patience of a fucking sphinx um and yeah we also while we're at it read out your listener emails as well just a shite another regrettable outburst exclusively available on tbuzzcast.com if you want to get in touch with us on facebook facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tpotscast for the podcast under the stairs facebook.com forward slash tpotscast for the teapots collective and for Joss's shite it's quite simply facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash regrettable pod oh that's the sound of a man having a wee whiskey to steady himself for a Friday night editing that's right did you hear it did you hear it it was nice oh god AMSR for you here right listen there we are there we are some motherfucker just wanked to that the fat tit or flick the bean and I salute you enjoy yourself now, I don't know where we're going with this. Yeah, if you hate Facebook, I hate Facebook. Um, let's be honest, if that had been in a meme on Facebook, that person would have been banned for all that talking of fapping and flicking beans. So instead of that, uh, you could always approach myself and Baz on the twin prongs of social media settings, Instagram and Twitter. Both can be followed at TeaputsCast. The podcast under the stairs will return for you tomorrow. We are doing the 50th movie in the 88 film slasher classic collection. What they teased might be the final one, and I'll be honest with you, kind of hoping that's the case. Uh, if that is the case, I've got a full set, all 50. Um, not a lot of people have all 50, but I have all 50. And I can tell you right now, ain't in a hurry to watch any of them again. So that says a lot, I think, personally, about the quality of that series. Um, you'll find out if the 50th disc is so reminiscent of most of them in a total letdown tomorrow. But until then, wherever you are, wherever the time zone is, and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs, and I am signing off.